Hey everybody, welcome to Dragon Academy Dropouts, your weekly dive into the DreamWorks Dragons universe. Max, it's just us this week. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. We're back for another episode. Just the two of us. Next week, it'll just be me, and then the week after that, just Toothless. Yep. Hey, Toothless. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, hello. So... Speaking of Toothless, we're mixing it up this week. We are going back to where it all began. Well, where it almost all began. We're going to talk about the first film. And by the and first film, we don't mean Legend of the Bone Napper Dragon. We mean the real first film. Yeah, not the most acclaimed portion of How to Train Your Dragon lore, which is Legend of the Bone Napper. We're talking about I mean, you may not know this. Film. You may not know this. I don't know when, when all of you join the How to Train Your Dragon fan community, but before Legend of the Bone Napper, there was actually a first film. It was called How to Train Your Dragon 1. Yes, that came out in 2010. What were you doing in 2010? I was getting ready for Legend of the Bone Napper at that time. (laughs) Me too. I was a junior in high school, just on the edge of my seat, waiting, wishing, hoping didn't really know didn't really know what a bone napper was didn't really know what you know this legend was but you wouldn't tell you what a hiccup was but i knew i was ready were you ready you were ready ready. yep so way back in the day the movie came out and we're going to talk about the critical acceptance of the film this week and not the good acceptance we're going to talk about the bad reviews now I'm sure many of you have heard of the website Rotten Tomatoes. It's pretty good at rounding up what the overall consensus is about a film or TV. Now, How to Train Your Dragon, pretty damn good. 98% fresh rating, but not everyone agreed. There are four Rotten Reviews on the site. And this week, we are going to read them because seven years after the movie came out, I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see what these opinions were and how how these opinions kind of aged over time as the franchise developed with a sequel and all the television shows. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think 7 years after I'm I'm emotionally ready for this. I wasn't before, but it's time. It's time. Yeah, I think we kind of live in a bubble and we just think that this film is objectively good. Well, objectively great. Not all these reviews that are considered rotten on here are bad. Two of them are three out of five stars, which I wouldn't consider terrible, but they're not fresh according to the website. So we're going to see what they have to say, which should be interesting. Toothless, are you ready? (laughs) That's what Toothless is going to think of some of these opinions, but it's okay. We're kind of looking at this from a biased perspective, obviously based on the content of our show, like we're really big fans. So some of the things that we read, we're probably not going to like very much, but art is subjective. And it's important to remember that people have different opinions than us and that's okay. I think art is objective and people have the same opinion, but I guess that's just my opinion. I guess that's just your opinion on the things. All right. Shall we begin with our first rotten review? I think we should. Okay. Max, I know that you love to do dramatic readings, so would you like to start us off? Oh, yeah. This first review is from filmcritic.com. Alexander Zalbin, sorry if I'm butchering your name, but we're going to see what he had to say. 
about mm-hmm. how to train your dragon. So Max, take it away. The problem with DreamWorks Animation's latest foray into the soulless smirking anachronism is, isn't the training or the dragons. It's the how-to part that kills it. More specifically, while the training sequences are dynamic and fun to watch, the dragons expertly designed, fleshing out an interesting world that would be interesting to visit. The plot and the character development that gets us from action sequence to action sequence is shoddy at best. Ooh, sick burn. At the beginning, I was like, that's probably, you know, they were just really happy with it. But then they said that one last thing at the end. Did you did you notice that it was like a, a 95% compliment there? Yep. yep. Shoddy at best. Shoddy at best. Right. Characters switch motivations on a whim, often saying the exact opposite of what they said in a previous scene with no rhyme or reason. It leads to a schizophrenic experience on par with the uber popular Shrek films rather than the relatively more mature take of Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> now, I have to say, um, when I think of mature films, Kung Fu Panda is the one that I think of. Like, Really? You don't think of Shrek? I don't really think of Shrek. I think of Kung, Kung Fu Panda. That's that's really... I mean, I love Kung Fu Panda, but that's, that's like the peak of mature films, right? Uh, Jack exactly. Black, really mature. I mean, Kung yeah. Fu Panda is like... It's like How to Train Your Dragon, but where Hiccup and Tough Nut are switched. Like, that would be Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> like, that would be the same level of maturity as Kung Fu Panda. So, I don't really know. I love Kung Fu Panda, but I don't know. This has been hammered into the ground at this point. But DreamWorks has a way to go before they can come close to the brilliance of Pixar's output. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. I just can't wait until DreamWorks produces something that reaches the cinematic excellence of Cars 2. That'll be the day. Come That'll out of be the, the theater. Day. Come out of the theater, tears streaming down my face. They did it. <laughs> finally, finally, DreamWorks has become as good as Pixar. Can't wait. Hiccup is a lonely, scrawny Viking lad more interested in weird inventions than the local pastime killing dragons. When he finally does man up, he downs an exclusive Night Fury dragon, later named Toothless. But instead of finishing the job, Hiccup ends up befriending, and then, you guessed it, training his dragon. I mean, Who could have guessed? This is just objective. This is what happened. I think I can't yep. criticize what happened. That happened. All of that happened. <laughs> Nothing That's a fair wrong paragraph. With that. I think we should just end it there. I mean, good review. Seems fair. Don't know about that shoddy I think, bit. I think that that shoddy bit was shoddy at best. But the rest of the view, good stuff. What do you think? I think if we didn't read the whole thing, we would be misrepresenting his words. So I think we should go on. Okay. The initial scenes of Hiccup and Toothless are actually rather gorgeous in their silent simplicity. As the human and the dragon feel each other out. Rendered beautifully in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> These sequences... Quite literally sore. So a couple things to say about that. First of all, I think we should end it end it right there. Again, you know, that's really that's, I think that really captures that's the the the, peak the character of critical excellence of how to train your dragon. Also, I really like this idea of hiccup and tooth as feeling each other out. I, I mean I I can't imagine a phrase that more captures what happens in how to train your dragon than feeling each other out. 
that seems to be about it. What do you think? I don't think this reviewer has read the things that exist online. No. So I don't think I'm going to give either. them a pass on that wording. I'm not going to give them a pass because that's still really weird, but <laughs> I'll give them like a okay. 25% pass, especially because it's surrounded by a paragraph that is just lovely. Rendered beautifully in 3D, these sequences quite literally soar. It's true. Factual. It's true. Right? I agree. Yep. Totally agree. The script is pretty straightforward. Hiccup learns how to subdue dragons without killing them. And after a spat with the leader of the tribe, also Hiccup's father, they learn tolerance of dragons and Hiccup gets the girl. Spoiler for every movie ever, by the way. True. True stuff. All true. Yeah, right? I'll give him that. And, uh... I, I, to be fair, I didn't really realize the first few viewings that the leader of the tribe was also Hiccup's father. So I get that confusion. I get that. You didn't get from when he was like, hey, dad. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Didn't give it away. I mean, I knew, I knew Hiccup had a father and I knew Burke had a chief, but I just didn't know, you know, they were the same person. Didn't really recognize that. Mm. Um, what did you think of my Jay show impression right there? That was good. I think, good? I think. Yes. They should cast you in the third film. I'm actually really terrible at impressions, so... You did well. Yeah. You did well. Oh, thanks. Mm -hmm. The problem is the dialogue, which belongs to the... Unless a character says it out loud, it's not a moral school of writing. Haven't heard of that school of writing, but okay. I understand that this is just par for the course with children's movies and books. But the film actually does a pretty good job of conveying its message of tolerance and creativity through its visuals. Too bad it's undercut with clunky dialogue and overly earnest voice work. It was going overly so well. Overly earnest? Until, it was going so well that until that mean? last part. Yeah, I mean, who who likes earnest voices? I like the cheesy voices of, say, Cars 2 peak <laughs> of animated films right there. Cars 2. No, but honestly, I don't understand what that means. What's I don't an overly either. earnest voice work? I don't know. It's where you feel too Maybe connected to the characters. This, this reviewer, see, this reviewer came from a place, right, where they went into this film and they were like, oh, yeah, it's a DreamWorks film. I'm going to give it a bad review. And then it they wasn't did. actually bad. It wasn't actually bad. And they had to figure out, well, okay, wait a minute. How do I how do I give it a bad review if it's not actually bad? Oh, yeah. Overly earnest. That's it. Voices too earnest. Acting yep. too realistic. I want more cheese. Okay. I want more cars, too. That's the kind of vibe I'm looking for here. Anyway, <laughs> okay, the let's last go on. biggest problem, and I'm going to ruin the climax for a bit. Oh, I can't believe it. Spoiler believe alert. It. Seven years. If you haven't, I know, I know if you haven't, if you haven't watched this one, if you just watched Bone Napper, um, you know, this is where you have to turn it off right now. Um, go to next week or something. Yeah. Anyway, the biggest problem, and I'm going to ruin the climax a bit, is that the theme of we don't have to kill dragons is kind of undercut by the eventual solution to everyone's problems, which is, you know, killing a giant dragon. Okay, I I, I give you that. I give you that one. It is kind of weird. That's factually true, but if you want to think about what the film actually means, it's not necessarily what I would say. I would say it's a little weird that after not killing dragons, Hiccup kills a dragon, right? And then achieves um, whatever characters achieve at the end of their heroic journey. He achieves it by killing a dragon. It's weird, right? Yeah. Kind of I weird. just think of it more from the line of like, damn nature, you scary. Does that make any sense? Like, yeah. 
it's just a part of the natural order of things that like this is how this ecosystem works and it's kind of screwing up everybody else in the ecosystem to have this one dragon i get what you're saying though like wait can you say that in a jay barra show voice dad this ecosystem is just how it works it's screwing up everything else i don't know dad, i mean this I, ecosystem, I can't i can't i i mean i'm not i'm not a stoic expert here but i don't think he'd go for the whole ecosystem thing i don't know if this we really care so much about ecosystem is dad <laughs> oh god i can't do i can't do this okay go on I guess tolerance goes to the wayside when the subject is super huge. That is, the gigantic dragon. That's what they're referring to. Regardless, it's a frustrating example of how the movie wants to have it both ways. All in all, How to Train Your Dragon is a fine diversion, an innocuous way for kids to spend an afternoon viewing some rather spectacular 3D. Pity the producers didn't figure out how to train their screenwriters. Ah. Ooh... What a burn. You heard it here, folks. This movie is a way for kids to spend their afternoon. Yeah. I mean, might as well turn this podcast off if you're a child. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah, I know. You might as well turn this podcast off if you're not a child. I mean, just turn turn the podcast off. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just turn it off right now. We're done here. We're done. If you're still listening, kudos, man. Five episodes into our show. Anyway, what I did mean, you think? I. What was your I've review of that review? Would that you say it's was you say it's like four to five stars? This review is not as good as Cars Two, but it's still pretty good. Hmm. That's uh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. I mean, I think at least you uh, can tell that the reviewer actually kind of paid attention to the movie. And and to other films like the relatively mature Kung Fu Panda. Yep, and Shrek, and every mm-hmm. Pixar movie because they're so brilliant. Cars too. Yep. Okay. Shall we move on to our next one? Oh yeah. I think I think it's I think overall this one was a good one. I'd give it um three out of five breast hats. That's that's where I'd go with that one. Ooh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I would give it three out of five breast hats too. Okay. I think we agree on that. Just for, you know, throwing in some, you know, controversial opinions, getting us thinking. Yeah, it was good, I think, overall. It would have been four out of five breast hats if they didn't include that line about feeling each other out, though. Yeah, but there's a section of the fandom that'll appreciate that. So, next up, from The Village Voice, writes Ella Taylor, How to Train Your Dragon, an adequate but unremarkable animated tale. Here we go. I have a feeling this review will be adequate but unremarkable. We'll see. All right. Okay. Go ahead. The 3D wasn't working at the screening I attended, but honestly, it would take several more dimensions to craft something special out of this adequate but unremarkable animated tale of a skinny Viking nerd boy named Hiccup, who befriends fire-breathing dragons hoping to impress his father, a beefy Norseman with a Glasgow accent and triceps like three tree trunks. I like that description of Stoic, so... This isn't completely ruining it for me. Starting out well, I think. Starting out well. Starting out well. Based on a children's novel and directed by Chris Sanders and Dean DeBlois, How to Train Your Dragon struggles to rise to the challenge of hitching a red-blooded fantasy action adventure to a huggy, kissy message that covers all anti-war and eco-bases. Father and son, though inevitably scheduled for reciprocal self-actualization, brains say hello to Braun and vice versa spend much of the movie at loggerheads 
because Junior would rather fly around on instead of slay his newfound scaly friend, whose cute big punim bears an incongruous resemblance to the critter from Lilo and Stitch. What? Does Toothless look like Stitch? Yeah, kind of. I'd say. I'd. I mean. Does he? Very different, but. You know, those ears, those ears, you'd recognize those ears. Some, you would recognize them anywhere. There's a stitch ears. Okay, I see the ear thing. And the eyes. I guess the nose shape. Okay, all right. I'm listening. At first it didn't make sense to me, but I guess I kind of get it. Okay. Intentionally or not, all of the dragons are built more for stand-up comedy than for terror, which means that aside from two fine battle scenes that bookend the movie... We have to make do in the drama department with a Wayne love that blossoms between Hiccup and a feisty young Vikingette voiced by America Ferreira. I would prefer to never hear Astrid described as a Vikingette ever again. I like that the dragons are built for stand-up rather than com- or rather than terror. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It seems like there are two types of dragons, right? Uh, most of them, like terrible terror, obviously that's for terror, right? But Barf and Belch... Obviously. That's a stand-up dragon right there. <laughs> That's a stand-up dragon. Better is some funny business when fledgling killers in training meet baby dragons in training, supervised by the deliciously hectoring voice of Craig Ferguson. I'll give her that. Craig Ferguson is pretty damn good in this franchise. She is, especially in that um, epic sequel to the first film entitled Legend of the Bone Nepper Dragon. That one, that one, that one went well. Oh, yeah. That was it. That's all she wrote. Honestly, I don't know why it's not a positive review. Except for the whole, it would take several dimensions to craft something special out of this adequate but unremarkable animated tale. But like, if you remove yeah, that that's... line, it would basically be positive, right? Yeah, I mean, his triceps are like tree trunks. I think that's a pretty complimentary description of the characters. I think if Stoic heard that, he'd be like, yeah, my triceps are like tree trunks. All right. How many breast hats would you give this review? I feel like they could have said more about the film and they didn't really say much. It was kind of short, kind of, you know, I like the, I like the tree trunks. I, I liked, uh, I, I liked, um, that's basically all I liked. Oh no, 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 no. I like the, the, the stand-up dragons. I think that was, I like the imagery there. Um, I'm going to give them mm-hmm. one breast hat for the tree trunks and another breast hat for the, Stand-up dragons. Really like those stand-up dragons. Actually, you know what? Breast hat and a half. So that's two and a half breast hats for this one. What do you think? Okay. I'll give her three because I would agree that the romance in this movie was kind of unnecessary to the plot. But, you know, to each their own. I don't think we need to dwell on that too much. The fandom's kind of beaten that dead horse with a stick for seven years at this point. Okay, but here's here's my question to you. Is Toothless a stand-up dragon or a terror dragon? That's Toothless the important is so question complex. Here. I think it's up to him. He gets yeah. to decide. I guess there you have it. Toothless is complex. Looks like Stitch. He's so complex. He's complex. Okay. Next up, from the New York Post, Kyle Smith had a lot to say. You could say the 3D animated kid pick. How to Train Your Dragon is Avatar for Simpletons. But that title is already taken by Avatar. What a way to start a review. That's that's a 
you know, it's not a good review unless you can shame two movies at the same time. <laughs> somehow, somehow this guy ended up somehow doing that. Somehow he did it. He did well. I, I will give him points. I will give him fractional breast hats for that opening. It was good. In one of these movies that feels like the story and maybe the jokes was devised by the merchandising department. A nerdy young Viking named, in the first of many dull gags, Hiccup comes to doubt the ways of his dragon-sidal tribe. Okay, you get points for dragon-sidal. Mm-hmm. Did it say anywhere in the first movie why they had the names that they do? Like, I know we know that it's, like, they gave them those, not awful, mm-hmm. but they gave them the weird names for a purpose in their culture, supposedly. Did they say anything about that in the movie? I don't think they did. They just kind of left it left it to the reader, watcher, okay. reviewer. Okay, I, I, just I, wondering. I have to say, though, for a film that apparently was devised by the merchandising department, there's surprisingly <laughs> little merch. Like, come on. If you, if it's the merchandising department who did it, like, where is it? Bring it. I want to, I want it. It's hiding behind all the minion backpacks. Uh huh. Now that's a film right there. No, that's a film devised by a merchandising department. Not devised by the merchandising department. That was devised by writers, right? They were like, (laughs) we need more minions. Not to sell minions, just to have them around, you know? To tell a story. Yeah. It's all about the story. All about the story. Very shady this week, Max. What's gotten into us? I don't know. We just, this is the shade episode, I guess. It's because Brooke isn't here to keep us mature. Flying off the handle. I'm, I I don't know about you, but I'm mature. During the dragon raid on the island of Burke, he lucks out and shoots down one of the most dangerous flame-tongued flying beasts of them all, the Night Fury. Sounds like a kind of cologne popular at proms. Oh yeah, yeah, I like that. (laughs) That's good. That's a good line. good line. Why is that not merch? I Why is there not I agree. a Night Fury cologne? There should Come on, be. DreamWorks. There should be. Missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, spray that toothless saliva all over you. Mm, that's good. <laughs> it never comes off. Never comes There's off. There's your tagline right there. Yeah. Perfect. This monster turns out to be a big, friendly pet, just like a big Labrador kitty. He likes being scratched on the back. He purrs, and his reaction when rolling around in catnip-like grass is pure cheech and chong. Gradually, Hiccup starts to learn the dragon's ways, though he must keep his knowledge secret from a town where they're the enemy. Hiccup must Hiccup also must participate in dragon's laying class, though he seems likely to apply for a conscientious objector status. That's true. All true. Again, we're starting out well here. Nothing here isn't factual, right? Seems fine. Okay. Oh no, here we go. If you can't see that an allegory as blunt as a mace is coming at you, the 3D glasses must have blurred your vision. What's with it with these people and the 3D jokes? Come on. Maybe it was just the time period, like back in 2010, that Um, was kind of new? It was. These are, these are, you're dating yourself. So dated. You're all dating yourselves with these jokes. Can't believe it. This is not, what do you call it? This is not timeless journalism. So dated. At least the swoop and soar of the dragon flying scenes, which parallel the best parts of Avatar, are fairly nifty. And they look like the film recalls the scary, funny cartoons of Terry Gilliam and Gerald Scaife. 
there are a couple of okay battle scenes. The review should just be that sentence. There are a couple of okay battle sequences. Yeah. That was good. I think I think really that yeah. shows the quality of this review right there, that one line. Also, he paid in, this attention. Mm -hmm. in this paragraph, you know how how um, movies will often cherry pick quotes from reviewers and put them on like big billboards and be like, this is what the New York yeah. Post said. I think what they should cherry pick out of this one is how to train your dragon is fairly nifty New York Post. That's the one. That's the cherry pick line right there. Yep. It's fairly nifty with okay battle sequences. Two yep. really great lines right there. There are a couple of okay battle mm -hmm. sequences. The New York Post. Overall, fairly nifty. It's fairly nifty. They're more busy and frantic than involving because for all the velocity and daring do, the characters are dull. Hiccup and his pet, whom he names Toothless, although the monster has retractable teeth, are the he only ones. He paid attention. Ones. Thank he God. He paid attention. He paid attention. I like that. <laughs> you get a half breast hat for that one. Hiccup and his pet are the only ones who have much impact. The background is a blur of mild bores. In some cases, literal bores. But that comes later. <laughs> Hiccup's gruff He-Man father, Stoic the Vast, wants his son to be tougher. True. Stoic is not a bore. No. Literally no, no, no. I think, or figuratively. I think the the reviewer was really talking about the literal bores. The background, if you look at it, if you go back to How to Train Your Dragon 1, and like instead of paying attention to what happens on screen, look in the background. Just covered in bores. It's just a, what do you say? A blur blur of, of, of bores. That's how oh, I describe okay. it. We just, Maybe I we just, just didn't pay enough attention as Kyle yeah. Smith of the New York mm -hmm. Post did. We just didn't pay okay. enough attention. That's, that's okay. just the explanation. I'm glad I know now. One. Yeah. I'll have There's to go a, back and watch the film. Oh yeah. I think, I think I need to watch it the first time. I, I really, I really don't know what's going on here. Um, okay. I certainly didn't remember those bores, but you know, I trust Kyle Smith. Yeah. It's a good thing we're reading this review then. And you know what yeah. happened. You can yeah. go maybe watch the movie. Yeah, maybe I will. I mean, I've only seen Legend of the Bone Napper, but, you know, maybe I'll go back and watch it. It's this a good place too. to start. Yeah, I think so. There's a hanger-on who seems to have no role in anything except a wisecrack delivery. He's played by Craig Ferguson, who, <laughs> like Butler, lets his scotch accent go wild. Oddly, everyone else sounds American. And an adolescent girl who is naturally tougher and feistier than any boy. I will give them that I've too. never felt, no, I've never felt so disrespected as someone calling Gobber a hanger-on. Okay, <laughs> Who okay. seems to have no role. At the same time, I will give them that. It is a little weird that everyone in the film, like below a certain age, has American accents. That is weird. Um, I give them that. Jay is Canadian, so a take that back. Continental American. Continental American. I, Gopper's I, not a hanger on. I stand by that. True, true. I mean, I'm getting I, very emotional. Okay. Kyle, you're okay. getting to me. It's okay. It's okay. I always thought it was like a puberty thing. Right. Like, I was hoping that like one day were Hiccup, hit 18 and the Hiccup Scottish would, like, would just explode. hit 18 and suddenly, you know, he'll grow into his accent. I hope, like in Race to the Edge, you know, a lot of people I think were hoping for, like, um, you know, where did the fire sword come from? Or, um, you know, what else? What else is there? 
I don't know. People were hoping for a lot of things. Flight suit, right? They're hoping for a lot of things. And me, I was hoping for like a, like a grand accent bestowal ceremony where, (laughs) you know, people line up and be like, hiccup, it's time. And then hiccup says in his most dramatic Scottish accent. I'm not ready, dad. (laughs) (laughs) No, he wants his, his continental American accent forever. That. Dad, you sound so Scottish. That's just not me. Mm-hmm. And then I think at the at some, yeah, I don't know. This is this is like how to train your dragon, one point five. How to train your accent. I hope. I hope that's DreamWorks get on that. That's a great joke, Max. Yeah, I know. I hope you're that, proud that of yourself for that one. That could have. I think. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, uh, say too much here, but I think that could have been part of the review. That joke. How to train your mm-hmm. accent. I think. Yeah. That's like same level of, of quality stuff. All right. We should move on. Also, there's another Weisenheimer in Hiccup's training class who is drawn to look exactly like Jack Black, though Black's price might have been too high because the voice is Jonah Hill's. <laughs> so cool. Oh, my gosh. Very Kyle, cool. you're a savage, but yeah. Jonah Hill has two Oscar nominations now, so mm-hmm. he got the last laugh. Sorry. I mean, you know, if it had been Jack Black, then this movie may have been as mature as Kung Fu Panda, don't you think? But, you know. Man, those budget restrictions really held this back. I know. All Jonah Hill's fault for not making this film as mature as Kung Fu Panda. Jonah, buddy. Yeah. We know you're listening to our show, so sorry. Yeah, just. He didn't have to do it already like that. Sorry. Sorry about that. That was disrespectful. You're cool. The one interesting aspect of this movie, apart from its design, is that it puts so much effort into projecting a moral such as it is. Hiccup begins to think about a different approach to dragon-human relations. I really hope he doesn't, but just putting that out there. Hiccup and two of those are feeling each other. Yeah, don't want to feel, no, no feeling each other. I think Hiccup, no, no relations, no relations here. Shouldn't the dragon wars stop? Shouldn't we live together in a warm, friendly, human-dragon commune? Hiccup tells the dragons. He told the dragon something? I don't remember that part. Anyway, Hiccup tells the dragons everything we know about you guys is wrong. And then believes the beasts are not killers. They defend themselves, that's all. Of his own folk, he says, The food that grows here is tough and tasteless. The people even more so. <laughs> so I guess Hiccup is just like... He doesn't like He's his own people. Sides. Is that the point here? Hiccup is not a fan of his tribe, but likes dragons. Okay. I think that's the point that Kyle's trying to make. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hurrah for all this. Really, it's never too soon to get your kids to accept that their own culture is pathetic and that the alien <laughs> one their society's perpetual war with is the friendly, peace-loving, and misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Hiccup may not be much of a dragon slayer, but in the sequel, maybe he'll go on to a brilliant career in the State Department. I mean, so relevant. I, I, you know, okay, I understand that was intended as an insult for the film, but please, God, I wish we had Hiccup in the State Department. Please, (laughs) we need you. Get over here. Please. Please. Yeah. We'll take it. We'll take, we'll take all of this. All of this. Previous experience isn't necessary anymore. So he could do it. He could do it. Definitely. Why not? I mean, he's wounded the 
the relation he's healed the wounded relationships between Vikings and dragons. He can certainly, I mean, that's that's experience is not. He could do it. He could totally do it. Yep. Am I the only one who sees the real threat? Come on, Vikings of Burke, wake up. These dragons are fire-breathing carnivorous monsters. Have you thought about just how much carbon they emit? Good, good ending There's, line. Yep. Can't believe it. Kyle Smith liberal is media, just putting it all out there. Liberal media turning this dragon story into a global warming story. Can't believe it. Cannot believe it. And then Kyle Smith's emails at the bottom. We should contact him and tell him that we are reading his stuff on our show. Big fans. Big fans. Big fans. Okay. We should we should tell him that if he like this, he'll like Legend of the Bone Number Dragon even more. Yes. Kyle, yeah. if you're listening, go on YouTube. I'm pretty sure it's their bootleg for free. Watch Legend of the Bone Napper Dragon. It's mostly with the character that you thought was useless, but it's okay. He's a good character. He's a good character, Kyle. You'll come to love him. Gobber's good. Trust us. Yes. All right. Well, this I think, review well, is many... pretty bold. I'm going to give this one mm-hmm. four breast hats just because Kyle had some serious balls here. He did. That's true. I like the State Department. Breast hat for that. I like the carbon. Dragons do emit carbon. That that is true. They emit carbon. Um, give you a breast half of that one. Um, I like that Kyle very obviously lets his political views mm-hmm. influence how he views the movie. I think that's fantastic. So, yep. mm-hmm. you know, four out of five breast hats. Definitely give you a breast hat for the oddly everyone else sounds American comment because totally agree with you. Hopefully that will be resolved. Love to see all sarcasm aside. That's funny. That is yeah. funny. I like it. Breast hat for that. And half Good a job, breast Kyle. hat for the fairly nifty and okay battle sequences. Good stuff. <laughs> so in total, what is that? Carbon is one breast hat. State Department, another breast hat. Um, everyone sounds American. Half a breast hat there. And then uh, fairly nifty in battle sequences, another breast hat. So that is three and a half breast hats. Good job. Yep, and I said four. So that's pretty objective measure. I think, I think... Clearly, there's agreement here. Definitely agreement. This is about a three yep. and a half to four breast hat review. I think we should move on to the next. All right. One more. There's only four bad reviews for this movie, and we're on our last one from Time Out Magazine. Let's see what David Fear had to say. Ooh, good yeah, name. I mean, when I think about uh, quality journalism, my first thought is it just springs to Time Out Magazine. That's where else do you read about reviews and stuff, right? We are so shady this week. Oh my gosh. I'm not being shady. I'm being realistic. Brooke, Caitlin, come back. We need you. <laughs> All right. Let's see what warranted also, this three out like, of five star review. I also like, before you continue, just one thing. I like that, you know, in most, most review sites, they say, we think this is three out of five stars. And they're very certain about it, Right. Here, it just says about three out of five. Like maybe a little more, maybe a little less. We're not really sure about this one here. About three out of five. Well, let's see. Let's see if it's about three out of five. Okay. This is Time Out Magazine reviewing How to Train Your Dragon. The number one cause of death among Vikings wasn't rampant scurvy, Norman conquerors, or even brain hemorrhage from prolonged exposure to very loud death metal music. According to DreamWorks 3D animated movie, the biggest threat to their mortality was dragons. Woe be to any fire-breathing beast that came across Stoic the Vast, a tribal leader who renowned 
for his reptile dispatching skills. His slim wimp of a son, Hiccup, didn't inherit his dad's dragon-slaying prowess. But when Hiccup befriends a wounded baby dragon, the resident runt discovers that, three-alarm halitosis or not, the winged behemoths may not be the mindless killing machines he'd been led to believe they were. Toothless was not a baby. His wingspan was like 40 feet. That's true. That's very Not true. a baby. So, David, good try, but... I think he, I think he, he was massive when, when, you know, going with the theme of this site of unsurety here, um, I think he maybe, maybe read, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe attended the film, you know, maybe he saw it. I don't know. Not really sure. I don't know. About, you know, I'm about three out of five sure that he attended this film, but (laughs) all right, let's see. All right. Let's see what else he has to say. You could shock this kid's flick up to another manic Saturday matinee time killer if it weren't for a singularly impressive element. Just one. It's Just not one impressive element. One. What is it? I'm curious. One thing. It's not it's not the stretchy lava lampish animation, which offers the usual in your face 3D tricks. The shot of a dragon's flight against the Aurora Borealis is gorgeous enough to shake you out of your stupor. Romantic flight reference there. Nor is it the vertiginous climax involving some sort of kraken-like monster. He has not seen this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought about it too. Kraken-like, that's how I describe it. I'm about about certain that that's a kraken. David, did you see this movie? Did you watch all the way through? Okay, sorry. Rather, embedded among the standard platitudes of parental tolerance and teens finding their own way, is the notion that we should try to understand our quote-unquote enemies instead of engaging them in perpetual pass-through generations warfare. Imagine that. Such subversive notions in a family-friendly, franchise-ready movie will undoubtedly have Glenn Beck et al. decrying it as an example of Hollywood liberalism. Everyone else will wonder where this movie was during the lead-up to the messes we're in now. <sighs> David, did you watch this movie? Also, I love that 2010, they I, were in messes. Oh, hmm. Yeah. Good. I mean, there were messes in 2010. There were messes in 2010, certainly. But seven years later, we're in messes now, too. We need another dragon film. I think that's that's clear, right? We need How that's to Train Your Dragon 3 to it. stop being delayed and come out and fix everything. Yeah, I agree. We need it. I like, once again, that the political aspects are coming up. That's good. Love it. I still, what was this, what was the singularly impressive element? What was Mm. it? It was that we should try to understand our enemies instead of engaging Uh, them in perpetual warfare. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Yeah. That was impressive. I I also like the stretchy lava lamp-ish animation. Again, not a lava lamp animation, just lava lamp-ish. Ish. He's not so yep. sure about that one. Maybe it's lava lamp, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to bet on that one. I'm not really sure if it's lava lamp-like. Could be wrong. So lava lamp-ish. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. some of those clouds are pretty psychedelic. It's true. It's true. I don't know. I, I'm going to give you half a breast hat for lava lamp-ish. I'm going to give you a full breast hat, full breast hat for... The lovely phrase, slim wimp of a son hiccup. Love that one. <laughs> um, but that's it. That's all. 
one and a half Red Hats. Not impressed. Yeah. The fact that, has he seen this movie? I don't know. Was was that dragon really like a kraken? I don't think so. I mean, he certainly just, saw a movie. It just may not have been how to train your dragon. Like he walked into the theater and was like, I got to see a movie and I've got to write about it. And went into something that who knows what was playing in 2010. Um, walked out thinking, oh, it's how to train your dragon. The lava lampish animation was probably so distracting. Yeah, just too much lava lamp-ish. Yeah, I'm going to agree is, with you. What is lava One lamp animation? What, what is lava lamp animation? What does that mean? Maybe he's on Twitter. We should go find him. We should find him. I'm really curious. Like, like, do you mean like, like blobby? Like, was Hiccup blobby? Did he move in a blobby way? Maybe it's just so visually stunning that the brain can't comprehend can't it, comprehend and you feel it. like you're having that's like it. a '70s acid trip. I bet Maybe? that's it. I bet that's or is it. it. It could have been just like toothless was like breaking apart into segments mid mid film. Was Ooh. that it? Was that it? If you if you shake the movie, does it like break up into little bubbles? I don't know. I, I think that's that really. I'll have to, yeah, I have to put it on later and just like wiggle my laptop around. Yeah, I think that will really give you the full experience. Lava lampish, mm -hmm. stretchy. I like stretchy. I like that. All right, you get a full breast hat for that. Two breast hats. Two breast hats. Two breast hats. But you're lucky okay. on that one. Could have been three. Could have been four. I'm going to stick no, at 1.5. I wasn't impressed by that. but So on average, about two breast hats. Maybe one breast hat. Okay. Two breast yeah. hats. One breast hat. About 1.5. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's fine. So there you have it. Four rotten reviews. It was actually really interesting to hear kind of how the state of animation was at that time. And how the state of movies was really focusing on this 3D concept. And how it was like the thing back then. Certainly the butt of the jokes back then. Yeah. Now, now everything is in 3D. So they can't, they can't yeah. make jokes about dimensions anymore because people will be like, yeah, that's just so 2010. That's so 2010. I can't <laughs> say that anymore. I don't know. I haven't seen that many movies in 3D ever, really. Have you seen um, How to Train Your Dragon in 3D? I have not. You haven't seen How to Train Your Dragon in 3D? I haven't. I didn't see the movie until 2014. Uh, see, that's, that's I'm why. a baby. That's why you don't get this lava lampish reference. See, I totally get that. I I totally yep. know exactly what they mean by that. But see, you don't get that because you didn't get the full full 3D. The, you didn't the get the lava lamp out. part. Yeah. I'm a baby in this fandom. But Max, did you learn anything today? I learned a lot. I learned a lot about this film. And I learned a lot about reviewers. I learned that uh, we'll never reach the brilliance of Pixar. This film never comes close to Cars 2. I learned keep that reaching. overly but earnest voice work is a, is a negative. You want you want cheese. You want a little bit of cheese, right? I think that that's a lesson to be learned here, right? I um, want to know what that means, overly earnest, how that's a bad thing. I don't know. I don't know. I have no clue. Um, I learned that Hiccup in How to Train Your Dragon 4 becomes a... Employee of the State Department. That was new to me. Um, good Secretary job, of State. It good could job. work. Mm -hmm. Good job. Uh, he did well, I think. He's going places. He's going places. Uh, I learned that I can't read well out loud. It's okay. We cut that out, right? Well, it, they put in so many words that could have been simplified. Vertinagous climax. Ugh. Yeah. What do you want me to do with that? 
I think it's masking the lack of content in the actual review. Like if you can't it's say something that makes sense and monster. is reasonable, right? Like if you, if you haven't actually seen the film, but you have to write a review, just put in so many crazy words that no one will know what you're, what you're talking about. Just passes right past the editors. They'll be like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. Haven't seen the film. I bet he did. Allegedly know. hasn't seen the film. Allegedly we don't know for sure that David film. Fear hasn't seen the film. I'm, I would say three out of five, he hasn't seen this film. But, <laughs> you know, put enough of those weird words in there. It just goes right past the editors, goes right past the, the, the readers. Didn't go past Rotten Tomatoes, but um, good job. He, he really, yeah. good review. Um, I learned today that you and I are really salty without our co-hosts. Where are you? We need you. Hopefully they'll be back soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but also learned. I, I also learned. Oh, did you know this? I didn't know this. Devised by the merchandising department. How to train dragon. Oh, that's true. It's true. true the fact. mysterious merchandise that we can't find. Mm-hmm. Merchandise we can't find. The most elusive merchandising department. But to be fair to these reviewers, they have a job that I couldn't do. I couldn't write this stuff. Kudos to them for their work. And, you know, we yes, had fun. Good job. Good job. Reading we through had fun. It. We had fun. Um, you you produce good content for us to enjoy. Yes, um, it's hard to be four rotten reviewers against one hundred and ninety nine fresh reviewers. It's hard to be that person. But you did it, and congratulations! Your reviews are almost good. All right, Max. That was fun. Yeah, I think I've learned a lot. I've learned um, a lot too. I've, I've learned that no film is perfect. No film is perfect. No reviewer is perfect. Except no Cars 2. No fan is perfect. Cars 2 is perfect. Brilliant. DreamWorks will never reach Cars 2. And we will no. never be perfect mm-hmm. podcasters. We will never so be. So salty today. We're, we're just too earnest. Our voice work is just too earnest, right? We need to be cheesier. We care too much. We care too much. It's yep. horrible. Horrible. We need to be less earnest. That's that's the key, I think, here. Earnest voice work is bad. Never. Never. Okay. Art is subjective, folks. We're not always going to agree. Let us know what you think. Were these reviewers spot on? Do they need to watch the movie again? It's been seven years. I wonder how these opinions held up. And how many breast hats do you think each one deserves? Do you agree with yeah. our breast hat ratings? Do you agree with mine more or Sarah's more? I wonder. <laughs> I don't know. Let us know what you guys think. Max, anything else that you want to share before I we head out? I'm an actual dragon. There we go. Until next week, you can find us on Tumblr at dragondropouts.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Dragon Dropouts. Let us know what you thought of this week's episode and what you want to hear from us next week. We'll be back with a new episode soon. Max, thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. All right. Until next time. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye.